Hi, Jay Ruane back again. As you know, Dan Lage has been teaching us about civil rights litigation and its intersection with criminal law. And now, my partner Dan Lage, who is the head of our civil rights division, will take over. Thank you, Jay. Welcome back to season six of the Connecticut Criminal Law Podcast, the Civil Rights Edition. I'm attorney Dan Lage. If you've listened to episode one, you should have an understanding of some of the historical context surrounding civil rights law and what the lawsuit might look like generally. But you may be asking, hey, Dan, how do I know if I even have a civil rights suit? Well, in order to answer that question, I need to note that there are two things. There are civil rights and civil liberties. A good civil rights lawyer should be able to handle both effectively, but unfortunately, there are some attorneys who are unable to tell the two concepts apart. Why have we settled on the term civil rights to include both concepts? I don't know, to be quite honest, but an easy way to think about the difference is that civil rights are protections that society has from discrimination. And civil liberties, they are guarantees that are given to us by the Constitution. So whether it's a right or whether it's a liberty, if it's violated, you may have a basis to file a lawsuit. So let's talk about some examples of what a lawsuit might look like, right? And I'm going to give you a few made-up situations of what some sort, sorts of actions can give rise to a civil rights lawsuit. Let's start with number one. In example number one, we have a guy named Tommy. Tommy's walking down the street. He's going to go see his neighbor and ask to borrow one of his power tools. Halfway to his neighbor's house, Tommy gets surrounded by police cars. They pull up on all sides and they get out of their vehicles. The cops do. And they take their guns out. They point those guns directly at Tommy. They command Tommy, get on the ground. Tommy's confused because he hasn't done anything wrong. He puts his hands up. He asks one of the cops, what's this all about? But no sooner than Tommy can get his question out when he's tackled to the ground from behind by one of the cops. The momentum of the tackle sends Tommy's head right into the concrete. Bam! causing a broken eye socket and a concussion. All those officers now realize that they've made a mistake. They've got the wrong guy. They let Tommy go. In this case, Tommy has several claims he can put in a civil rights lawsuit. Those claims include, but they're not limited to, Section 1983 claims for false arrest and excessive force in violation of the United States Constitution. We have a second example. And in our second example, we have two people, Mary and John, and they're a Hispanic couple. They're coming to Connecticut from New York, moving for a career opportunity. They see an apartment on Zillow. It's a condo complex. They love it. It's a perfect match for what they need. They call the listing agent, set up an appointment. Let's go see the apartment. They meet the agent at the apartment. They love it. They fill out an application, Mary and John do, right on the spot. And as they're handing it over to the, to the real estate agent, the property manager shows up. It's a white guy. And this white male walks in. He sees Mary and John, our Hispanic couple, and he has a look of disappointment on his face. The real estate agent informs the property manager, Mary and John here are applying to rent this unit. And the property manager tells them, don't waste your time. This unit has just been rented. Our real estate agent looks confused. Fast forward two days later, John and Mary are now in the area, still house shopping, but they're back near the condos and they see a white couple that are being shown the same unit. 
It's a different real estate agent, but they see the property manager there joining them, shaking hands, smiling with the white couple. And they see a familiar form. It's the application. It's the same application that they filled out two days before. John and Mary may have a civil rights case here with claims that include but are not limited to Section 1982, Title VIII of the Civil Rights Act, the Fair Housing Act. We have a third example. And in this example, we go to a young woman named Cynthia. Cynthia, she, she's a secretary at an auto body shop. She's the only woman amongst 20 employees. And on multiple occasions, she has a supervisor. His name is Mark. Mark makes inappropriate comments to Cynthia quite often. He talks to her about what she wears and how good she looks. And he does this in front of all the other males on one occasion or another that work with Cynthia. Mark has repeatedly asked Cynthia out on a date, and every single time he does so, she declines. She does so politely. No thanks, Mark. That's not professional. I'm not quite into you like that. I just want to focus on my job. Well, one time Mark tells Cynthia that if she went out on a date with him and it went well, he might be giving her a raise. Cynthia declines again. Well, and she says, no, stop asking me out. Mark gets angry. And Mark, offended, angry, in front of all the other males in the workplace, begins to berate her, call her names, make fun of her. Shortly thereafter, Mark fires Cynthia. Cynthia has several claims here that she can bring in a civil rights case that are included but not limited to violations of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act for sexual harassment, retaliation, and wrongful termination. In Cynthia's case, she would file a complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, also known as the EEOC, or here in Connecticut, what's called the Commission on Human Rights and Opportunities, the CHRO. She has to do that before she files a lawsuit. The law requires that these agencies review the allegations and either resolve it at the agency or grant permission to proceed with a lawsuit. So there you have it. There are obviously many, many more examples of how a civil rights lawsuit might develop but these fictitious cases should give you a good idea of what kinds of things you can be on the lookout for so that if your rights are violated, whether it's in an interaction with the police, applying for renting a condo, or being sexually harassed at your job, you will know to call the correct civil rights lawyer to make it right. Now, up next in episode three, we're going to cover some of the people and the institutions that you might identify as defendants in your case. Thanks for listening. I'm attorney Dan Lage, and I'll see you in episode three.